big finish for the love of stories. This is the tale of Rebus as it once was in the age of the great ice time. It is a tale of vengeance and of the ceaseless quest for power. It is a tale of ascension. And it is a tale of a man who came from nowhere to set us free from winter. of yours have to say this time, Seeker? They spoke to me in the night. They whispered many weird things. Weird but true also. Yeah, yeah, I got it. But what have they told you about my problem? They hides, my king. A traitor amongst the ranks of your advisors. Ah, I knew it. At least I've suspected it long enough. You are sagacious and perceptive, my monarch, in spite of the tenderness of your years. I don't need smoke blown up my nethers. Majesty? Just tell me who this traitor is. Doctor, there you are. Oh, hello, Mel. I've been looking for you everywhere. Oh, what is this place, anyway? Oh, it's just the cloister room. Seems a bit depressing. All crumbling stone and creeping vines. It has been tidier, but now it's running out of control again. That's entropy for you. Doctor, are you all right? You don't seem yourself at all. That's just it. I I don't think I've been myself for a while. You mean, since you changed? From curly hair and garish coat to... Natty jumper and novelty umbrella. I mean, I can't help feeling that this me has more changes ahead. The bones never lie, my king. The bones speak only the truth. No matter how tragic. No matter how sad. Just tell me. Tis the Duke of Hishtar. Hishtar? Hishtar. Lame. Your language is strange, my king, but I see your face is pale, your hands tremble. I have seen how much you trusted him. He was like a father to you. Wouldn't go that far. Get him in front of me. My king? Bring me the Duke of Hishtar now. Everyone changes as they get older, Doctor. Nothing stays the same. I know. Change is the law of life. That's what one of the American presidents said. Jack, I wonder who he got that idea from. My point is, it's no good moping and worrying about it. Live in the moment. 
Take each day as it comes. A very human perspective. <laughs> and that's exactly why you keep me around. To remind you of the little picture, of the human picture. Quite right, Mel. Just because a storm's on its way doesn't mean we can't enjoy the sunshine while it lasts. That's the spirit. Hey, where are you going? Come with me. I've had an idea. Here he is, Your Majesty. The traitor at the heart of the citadel. Your liar-in-chief. The Duke of Ishtar. Your Majesty, please, let me explain. Don't reckon you've much to say I'm going to want to hear. He's been colluding with the rebels. That right? Is this witch telling the truth? Your Majesty, I may have started some secret and strictly preliminary discussions, but I did it for the sake of peace. We cannot keep going on as we are through this long winter. Outright war is inevitable. Don't lecture me, Hishtar. Not after what you've done. I'm simply trying to explain. Don't patronise me, neither. <sighs> Sire, I would never do that. But you do not know our ways. You were put here on that throne by the gods themselves. And now I wonder if there's a greater purpose to it all. What are you talking about? This never-ending ice time. Your coronation. There must be a reason. A message from the gods. Blasphemy. He must burn for this. No. But your majesty... I ain't gonna burn the geezer. Thank you, sire. But I never want to see your face again. I'm sending you into, um, uh, what's it? Uh, exile. If you like your rebel friends so much, you can go live with them from now on. Your majesty, I urge you, reconsider. Take him to the edge of the city. Chuck him into the wilderness. Your majesty, please... If you do this, there can be no going back. Battle will be joined. Rebos torn apart. Didn't you hear me? I said take him away. You've made your choice, sire. All that comes of it shall be upon your head. So what's this big idea of yours? Rebos. I'm sorry? You said we should enjoy life while we can, so let's go somewhere interesting. And what exactly is a rebos? A planet, Mel. Oh, what's it like? You tell me. The scanner has the details. A grade three planet in the constellation of Skyther, quaint by the sounds of it, and picturesque. They still have a feudal society. There'll be a new king in charge by now. They change them fairly regularly. I haven't been there for years. Will it be sunny? Oh, do say it'll be sunny, Doctor. It's about time we went somewhere warm and relaxing. Rebos has only two long seasons, each lasting 32 years. Ice time is very, very cold. And sun time is very, very warm. Please say you're taking us there in the middle of sun time. Absolutely. I've been very firm with the TARDIS. I've told her it's some time or nothing. <laughs> and how sure are you that she's listened? Let's see for ourselves. Oh, Doctor! I'm finding the sunscreen and a wide brim hat. You should come and take a look first. 
Oh, no. This isn't right. This isn't right at all. What were you saying about being firm with the TARDIS? But she listens. I, I mean, not always, but, but, but this can't be right. Um, let me check. It's like a Christmas card. <gasps> Rather bracing, too. I've checked. No doubt about it. So we've landed at the wrong time. And on a frozen lake to boot. On the contrary, we've landed at the right time. But something's very wrong on Rebos. Ice time should have ended a decade ago. How can that be? I've not the slightest idea. Shall we find out? Of course. <laughs> if there's a mystery, count me in. Splendid, Mel. Uh, this way, I think. Uh, not far to the shore. And careful on the ice. Doctor, hold on. We're not dressed for this weather. We need to wrap up. Or I do, at least. As an ordinary human. You're quite right. My enthusiasm's running away with me. Living in the moment. I've coats and hats and scarves galore in the TARDIS wardrobe. I mean, go back, get changed and strike right out again. <sighs> Thank you. And perhaps a flask of something hot, like soup or sweet tea. Doctor? What was that? Freeze. That's not funny. Shh. Ah, it's possible this ice might not be as strong as I'd thought. Oh, it's cracking. It must be our weight. And the TARDIS. Quickly, to the shore. Run for your life. Come on, Doctor. Come on. Here, Doctor. Take my hand. This feels like solid ground, I hope. Oh, oh thank you. Ooh. Doctor! The TARDIS! Oh, no. It's gone under. Oh, poor girl. I'm so sorry. This can't be happening. We were just walking along and then the ice. Well, look on the bright side. We survived. We wouldn't have lasted long in the water. How can you be so philosophical about it? We've lost the TARDIS. For the time being. Doctor, it's at the bottom of the lake. Is it even watertight? Mm, more or less. Uh, but, like so many of us, she's rather starting to feel her age. We need help. Get the TARDIS out before it's waterlogged. You're quite right, of course, Mel. Come on. There's smoke. Lights. Some sort of settlement in the distance. There might be someone who can help. And help explain the mystery of the ice time. <laughs> I'm really not sure that's our priority now. Oh... You might be right. I'm glad to hear it. And neither is the TARDIS. What? We've been spotted by a very large creature oh. heading this way. Quick, yeah. run! Friends. You know me. I'm a soldier. A little blunt, some say. But these times call for straightforward men. I want to thank you for paying me the greatest of honours and making me, the fallen Duke of Hishtar, your leader. I won't let you down. I won't destroy your dreams. The people of Sher might call us traitors or rebels or worse. But the truth... In the end, is that we all dream of leaving this dangerous past 
and finding a better future. Oh, I do think this might have gone better, Doctor. Save your strength, Mel. Keep running. The beast look hungry. Oh! Come on, to the trees. If we can just get above ground, we'll be safe. Oh, it's gaining on us. Come on, we can climb this one. Many of you have asked how we proceed. How can I make a legitimate claim for leadership? These are good questions. Reasonable questions. All I can say is that I am a true-born Rebosian. Honest and well-meaning. King Kari may well be some of these things. But he is most certainly not the first. The gods may have spoken for him in the past. But ask yourselves this. Where did he come from? How did he gain our throne? With the most open of minds and best of intentions, doesn't the whole business seem, well, just very, very unlikely? Oh, right. Well, we can't stay up here forever. Really, Mel? I was just thinking how surprisingly comfortable this bow has turned out to be. <laughs> I'm serious. What if your bow breaks? Then baby will fall. <sighs> and when will that thing down there get bored and go away? That thing, as you call it, is a fully grown Shrivenzal. My, but they grow so much bigger out of captivity. And I'm afraid it doesn't show any signs of getting bored. It's got our scent. Oh, marvellous! Do you know, I'm starting to rather regret talking you out of your melancholic mood. Oh, Mel, je ne regrette rien. Oh, you're enjoying this, aren't you? I wouldn't go that far. But fresh air, a mystery, some cardiovascular exercise. There are worse ways to spend an afternoon. <laughs> Let's see if you still feel like that after we've been stuck up here for another couple of hours. Whoa! How much longer, my friends, must Rebos wait for the truth? This king appeared from nowhere. With his strange manner of speech and all his secrets, we want answers. We want a better way. We need to remove this cuckoo from the court. We need, my friends, to take back our planet. Doctor. Doctor. Wake up. <sighs> yes? What is it, Katerina? It's Mel. Doctor, you were snoring. I'm absolutely freezing. My pins and needles have pins and needles. Oh, try and get some sleep. When it's light, we can devise a new plan. No, Doctor. Listen. You're not the only one who nodded off. Who? The Shivens here. It's asleep. Exactly. This might be our chance. If we're very quiet and very careful, 
Well done, Mel. Come on. Right. Almost there. Careful now. Good, Shriven's Hull. Good boy. It's only a twig. It's settled. Come on. Let's get out of here. Doctor, what are you doing? Oh, fascinating. I mean, and look at his belt. The colour and the heft. Oh, it's adapting to the cold. Very interesting, I'm sure, but don't get so close. <gasps> Oh, dear. Come on! Oh, dear. I'm sorry about this. What were you saying earlier about cardiovascular exercise? You can have too much of a good thing. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know how long we can keep this up. Get tired. Doctor, wait. What's happened? Oh, I don't know. It stopped. No, look. It's just lying there on the ground. Very curious. I can't believe it was spontaneous. Which means someone fell the giant Shrivenzal in its tracks. Which means we are not alone. Um, Doctor... You are strangers in this place. Hello. I'm the doctor and this is my friend Mel. Who might you be? I am Sander. Known to all as Sander the Barbarian. I see. Well, we're very pleased to meet you, Sander the Barbarian. No time for talk. The forest is not safe for soft bellies like you. Come with me and I will keep you safe at least... Till dawn. I must say, Sandar, we're jolly grateful for your help. I could not stand by and let you be eaten. The Shrivenzal is a greedy beast. It kills more than it needs and it kills for sport. As Mel says, we're really very grateful. Uh, may I ask you where you're taking us? My village is close by. You may stay for one night. But you must leave in the morning. Oh, I don't imagine that will be a problem. You will be travelling on to the city of Sher, I think. What makes you say that? You are feeble, tender things. So you must be from the city. We're not from the city, Sandar. Then where are you from? From elsewhere. But listen, there's something I want to ask. About ice time. How long has it been like this? For too many years. But why has it happened? Quiet, Doctor. We cannot talk of such things. Not out here, where there are many secret ears. Oh, uh, of course, of course, yes. Uh, But we can speak about it later. Sandar? Sandar! You summoned me, Your Majesty? Yeah. I wanted your advice. 
Any insight I may be able to offer you, Your Majesty, would be a mighty honour. When I exiled the Duke, do you think I did the right thing? You know that I do, Your Majesty. Was the knave not a traitor? Or worse, a heretic? Yeah, I suppose you could put it that way. Many would have put him to the sword. In the staying of your hand, you showed great mercy. Cheers. But, listen, I'm hearing rumours that he's gone and joined the rebels, that he's stirring up an army. Whispers and gossip, Your Majesty. But I could, if you wanted, consult the bones. Yeah, go on, you do that. And keep me informed. Of course, sire. Was there anything else? Nah, not for now. Leave me be. I want to pray. The gods are on your side, Your Majesty. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Least they have been till now. Your village is very pretty, Sandar. You lie. But you do so kindly. My village is a settlement of stone and rock. A harsh and unforgiving place. A little basic, maybe, but but I just call that rustic charm. We're being watched, I think, Sandar. Your people? They are a suspicious breed. You must be very different to them. Perhaps. It is true. I stand apart. Oh, great gods of Rebos. Gods of ice and gods of sun. Lords of the air and of the earth. Gods who saved me from the Shriven Zal's bite. Gods of security and gods of blood. I want a word with you. You can rest here tonight, but in the morning you must go. I'm sorry, I can do no more. We're very grateful for this, Sander. We owe you our lives. Perhaps. But before we retire, there was something I wanted to ask you. About how to get a very heavy, very large object off the bottom of the lake? All in good time. But before then, something else. And what is that? Ice time. You said it's lasted years. I spoke truth. I don't doubt it, but that isn't right, is it? I mean, ice time is supposed to last no more than 32 years. This winter has gone on for far too long. Only in the stories of my father have I heard of the endless sunshine, of dry earth with no snow upon it, of the lake unfrozen and deep waters there. So what's happened? How have things gone so wrong? Could it be natural, Doctor? A shift in the climate? Mm, perhaps, but, but I suspect there's something else at work here. Sander, please, I know you're reluctant, but I'd be terribly interested to hear your thoughts. Few wish to hear my thoughts, Doctor. But we do. We definitely do. It is said that this long, long winter is punishment from the gods. Punishment for what? Greed, pride, sin. The usual reasons. But you don't believe that? No, Doctor. I do not. For I do not believe in the gods. Really? No, that is unusual. 
Come on, gods. What's going on? You've usually piped up by now. Gods? King Kari of the City of Shore, this voice speaks for your gods. Ah, oh, there you are. I was starting to worry something had happened to you. Lord of Rebos, why do you petition us tonight? I keep hearing rumours about the rebels getting organised, plotting against me. Rebels always plot. There will always be those who envy your power. But am I doing the right thing? I'm trying to be good and I'm trying to be fair. You are a just ruler. You are a newcomer. But your people love and respect you just the same. They do? You are tired, King Kari. Sleep now. But there's so much to do. I have so many responsibilities. It didn't used to be this way back... Back when... Before I came here, I... Sleep now. Sleep. Then what do you believe has caused this winter, Sandar? I do not know. You must have a theory. Theory? An idea, a, a notion as to why this is happening. My father, in the year before he was slain in the Battle of the Mercenaries Ditch, told me that he had seen something back when sometime ought to have come again. And what had he seen? There were lights, he said, soaring above him. Men who appeared from nothing and a deep roar from beneath the earth. And what did he make of them? He was no believer in gods either. But he could not explain what he saw. Well, perhaps we can. We don't want to get you into any trouble, Sandar, but can you tell us how we might find out more about the long winter? I mean, or about those lights your father saw. No one will speak of it to you. Not here. You could travel to the city of Shur, though men are no less gullible than here. The only difference is that they have fine clothes and jewels. Or you could speak to the wizard. A wizard? I thought you didn't believe in magic. I said I do not believe in the gods. Magic is different. Why don't you tell us everything you know about this so-called wizard? King Kari, awake. Awake. Uh, what? What is it? What do you want? I was finally getting some kit. We, the gods of Rebos, had to warn you. We have received word of a visitation. An outsider, an interloper here in your realm. Huh? Uh, who is it? Is it the Duke of Hishtar? Is his army raised against me? There is another threat. A threat from beyond. Who? An alien, Kinkari. A traveller from beyond this world. How is that possible? This man is dangerous. Shapeshifters always are. But he might... Yes. He might be useful to you also. Tell me, so that I can find him. What's his name? He has many names and many faces, but generally he is known as the Doctor. 
there is another threat. A threat from beyond. Who? An alien, Kinkari. A traveler from beyond this world. How is that possible? This man is dangerous. Shapeshifters always are. But he might... Yes. He might be useful to you also. Tell me, so that I can find him. What's his name? He has many names and many faces, but generally he is known as the Doctor. Oh, thanks for the shawl, Sandar. It's good to be warm again. Animal skins would be warmer. Mel has certain principles, but it's very kind of you to take us to see this wizard. I had no choice. To send you alone would be to deliver you to your deaths. Well, we're terribly grateful. <laughs> We'd have got lost without you. Or eaten. Or worse. I know this land. And I know the mountains up ahead. As a youngling, I even ventured once beyond them. And what did you discover? A land of great riches. But one run by fools and cowards who know not the value of what they own. Hmm... You think you could do a better job than Sandor? Any barbarian might. I see. How much further? You have asked before. And we are still at least one hour's trek away. Oh. The wizard dwells in a cave in the foothills. The terrain is treacherous and hard. Shrivens are roamy and perhaps other things also. You keep looking over your shoulder. Is everything all right? For now. It is possible that we are being tracked. By whom? My own people. A small band of them. Why would they do that? I thought they were pleased to see the back of us this morning. It is my hope that they are ensuring only that I take you far away and that I return alone. And if they have other intentions? I will speak to them. For now, we walk on. And none save me, should look back. Oh, she'll be coming round the mountain when she comes. She'll be coming round the mountain when she comes. She'll be coming round the mountain, coming round the mountain. Mm. Someone set off the tripwire. An animal? Some Rebosian beastie? Or visitors? There, Dr. Mel. Yonder lies the cave of the wizard. Enter at your own peril. You're not coming in with us? I will speak to no wizard, or to any who claims to be one. Very wise. I hope he has the answers you seek. I'll stand guard for you here. Afterwards, you must go on, away towards the city. I can give you supplies. That's very kind, and we shall leave with pleasure. Isn't that right, Mel? Oh, of course. We'll get out of your hair. You say, stand guard, Sandar. Are we still being followed? They are watching us now, but they have yet to approach... I expect that when they see you leave, they too will depart. I hope you're right. 
I'm sure she is. Besides, what's the worst that could happen? Come along, Mel. We've an appointment with a magician. Well, actually, we haven't. But I hope he'll see us all the same. Come on. Thank you, Sandar. All being well, we shan't be long. I shall be here, girl. Hello? Hello? Is anyone in? So sorry to stop by without calling ahead, but, well, we just happen to be in the area. We're friendly. We just want to ask you some questions. Keep away, both of you! Keep away from this the sanctum of the Archmage! Wait a minute. I know that voice. There are so many curses I could call down upon you. I might turn you into a field stoat or a gleebling rat. I might turn you to ashes and render you unto the winds to be scattered over the land. So go back! Walk away! Lest you become subject to my wrath! Garon! Excuse me? That's your name, isn't it? Garon! I remember you! There is no Garon here! Only the conjurer of the mountains, the dweller in the darkness, he who slinks amongst the snow! No, it's definitely Garon! Come out of the shadows! Let's have a proper look at you! You know this person? He's an old friend. Well, acquaintance. Well, someone I met once. A thoroughly unreliable and disreputable crook. You might very well recognise me, sir, but I cannot say I've ever had the dubious pleasure of meeting you. It was a while ago now, twenty years for you, and I looked rather different back then. (laughs) Taller. No, I'm afraid your fizzog still doesn't ring any bells. I think I'd remember that hat. But since you evidently know my identity, what's yours? He's the Doctor, and I'm Mel. Doctor? I knew a fella called the Doctor once. But he was tall, with a mop of extravagant brown curls, and a wild grin, and a wilder scarf, and a talking tin dog. Like I say, I've changed a bit since then. (laughs) It's not possible. My people specialize in the impossible, which includes changing our entire form. A likely story. Who else but me would know of your long con with the Jethric, hmm? Or the gulling of the Graf Vindicae? And that fateful chase in the catacombs? Doctor, is it really you? Still looking for Jethric, Caron? And finding only stone? It is you. It really is. Well, chop off my legs and call me shorty. I think I've seen everything now in this crazy universe. Oh, far from it, I can assure you. Doctor, am I to take it that this so-called wizard is actually a con man? One of the best in the galaxy, ma'am. And if there's one thing which hasn't changed about our mutual friend the Doctor here, it's that he evidently likes to travel with a beautiful woman at his side. Uh, Enough of the soft soap, Garon. We want answers. Answers I have a plenty, ma'am. But what exactly are your questions? What are you doing here back in Rebos after all this time? Why are you skulking in a cave, posing as a wizard? And what do you know about the fact that ice time's been going on far longer than it should? Right. Well, listen. 
I can explain. What do you want, King Kari? What would you ask of your gods? The man you told me about last night. The one you called the Doctor. There's no sign of him. Have you searched? I've turned this city upside down looking for him. Then perhaps he is not located in Shur at all. Perhaps he is elsewhere on Rebos. He could be anywhere. What if he falls into the hands of the rebels? What if they get a hold of him and we don't? Disaster, Kari. Flame. Insurrection. Death. And how do I stop all of that? Find him, Kari. Locate the doctor. It's all rather a long story. Long and slightly unbelievable. Then begin at the beginning. Well, I suppose it started not long after I dropped off young Unstoff at the petting zoo on the second moon of Crytalon, where he'd fallen in love with a fetching lepidopterist and found myself wandering through the bazaar in the streets beneath the metropolis on the planet Designate Nine, when all of a sudden... Stop this. We must fly. Sandar? What's happened? A barbarian in my cave? My people are outside. They did not follow just to watch you leave. They believe you to be witches, here to join forces with this wizard. It would seem that the wrong end of the stick has been firmly grasped. Uh, What will your friends want to do with us? Cut you down and burn your bodies. Perhaps I should speak with them. I'm really rather good at putting forward a calm and logical argument for my own survival. They don't sound too susceptible to logic. We need to leave now. How? They're right outside. There might be a way. Speak plainly, wizard man. This cave is not quite as it seems. Rather, it is the entrance to a vast series of tunnels which lead beneath the mountains. Then you need to take us out of here. Yes, I would tend to agree. Come on! There seems to be an awful lot of running on Rebos, Doctor. Yes, it is... Rather that sort of place. Save your breath, you two. This way. Down here. The caves are vast. We can lose them. Is that it? Is that all you've got to say to me? Clichés and shrugs? You're supposed to be my advisors, my council, my people. But you've got nothing to say for yourselves, nothing of substance. I need to make some tough decisions about Hishtar's rebellion. I need proper advice from someone who knows what he's talking about. And that isn't any of you lot. Well, wasn't that bracing? You think we lost them? There were miles of caves and tunnels. Surely 
Oh, surely the barbarian horde are still inside. Yes. Yes, I should say so. Oh, well done, everyone. <laughs> we were lucky to have such a good guide. No, Doctor, you're making me blush. I always did find it difficult to take a compliment. I understand. Though it was certainly most fortunate that I had made such a study of the cave system, that I would mapped it so thoroughly with such expertise. Odd the things you do when you find yourself with a lot of time on your hands. Wait on a minute. You mean you're not here by choice? Uh, that rather depends on what you mean, dear Mel, by choice. I think you're trapped on this planet. Stranded like some crooked Crusoe. No time for talk. We must keep moving. You think your people will find their way out? Yes, and soon. Then where do we go? The city? That is where they think we shall flee. No, we head north to the desolation of the plains. Sounds delightful. But I agree. We must keep moving. Are you quite certain there's no chance of a rest? Even a very quick breather might work wonders for the old lungs and ticker. Join us, wizard. Or steer to perish. I care not. Come on, Garen. You can walk with us. Oh, very well. Besides, I do believe you owe us an explanation. She strides ahead, doesn't she? That barbarian friend of yours. Something of a loner, I'd have said. She certainly keeps her own counsel. I can sympathise. From what I can make out, after this, she can't go home again. The rest of the village will see her as a traitor. Then we owe her a great deal. Brave, brave lady. Caron? Yes, Doctor? Are you stalling for time? I've not the earthliest idea what you mean. <laughs> it does feel rather as though you're delaying the inevitable. Weren't you going to tell us how you came to be on Rebos? And what you know about this perpetual winter? Oh, yes, I do believe I was. Well then, get on with it. Yeah, very well. So, as I said earlier, it all began when I found myself strolling through the bazaar in the streets beneath the metropolis on the planet Designate Nine, when... Ah, hang on a minute. What is it now? Sandar, she's turning around. Coming this way. You can't avoid telling us the truth forever, Garon. Oh, but I can try, Doctor. Do please say that I can try. We have to change course. Why? My people have escaped from the tunnels. We're being tracked again. I can read the signs. Where do we go? There is a place where they will not dare to tread. Let me guess. It's somewhere considered unholy, somewhere haunted, somewhere cursed. An abandoned town, left to the snow and to the Roman Shrivanzal. My people say that bloodsuckers walk there, and spirits also. How did you know, Doctor? Oh, just a lucky guess. I should warn you all. Where we're going, even I might not be able to protect you forever. We're grateful you're protecting us at all. You did say you'd leave us at the cave. You are my responsibility. I cannot see your blood spilt. A barbarian with a refined sense of honour. You struck lucky, Doctor. Indeed we did. Lead on, Sandar. 
What do you want, Seeker? I never summoned you. Please, Your Majesty, forgive my presumption. Yeah, yeah. Since you're here, you might as well tell me what's on your mind. I have read a prophecy. I have seen it in the bones. So what else is new? A man is coming. Rather, a magus who walks like a man. He will arrive bearing wisdom and counsel. Yet you must not be fooled, for he shall nurse in his heart only thoughts of revolution. Right. Well, thing is, I've already heard of the geezer you're talking about. From the gods of Rebos themselves. The gods? Saying pretty much the same thing. He might lend us a hand. He might not. If all I'm getting is useless flannel in stereo, do I really need you around? Maybe I need to sort this one out myself. Now, I'm as sceptical as the next fellow, Doctor, but if I was about to believe in ghosts, a place like this would make an ideal start. It is a little eerie, isn't it? But there's nothing to be afraid of. Just an old abandoned town left to crumble and rust. You're certain your people won't follow us here, Sandar? Would you, if you had any choice? (laughs) Fair point. By now. They will believe us all to be in league with this here wizard. My fate is entwined with yours. They'll think we were drawn here and will leave us well alone. That's good, isn't it? It's getting dark. Let's find somewhere to rest for the night. Make a fire. And Garon... Yes, Doctor? This would seem to be the ideal setting, don't you think? For what? Well, for you to tell us your tale at last... For the truth. So, there I was, wandering through the bazaar in the streets beneath the metropolis on the planet Designate 9, when I chanced upon something rather interesting. Too much talk, wizard. Cut to the chase. Ladies, please, you must not rush a raconteur. You must not chivy a spinner of yarns. Go on, Garon. But tell us the truth. Lie, and I will know you're lying. (laughs) Really, Doctor, you are a most perspicacious fellow. But I will make no promise, not even to you, to ever let the absolute literal truth get in the way of a good story. Don't test me, Garon. Never presume to do that. Of course. Yes, very well. The truth, then. So, as I say, I was in this bazaar when a stall of a most unusual kind caught my eye. Seen something you like, sir? Something caught your fancy? Perhaps. You've certainly a most impressive array of wares. Most of them banned, of course, on at least two dozen planets. Not a copper, are you? Perish the thought. Weapons inspector? Self-appointed expert in the rights of the individual? Most assuredly not, madam. Though in point of fact, following the failure of several of my most recent ventures, coupled with the regrettable departure of my sole employee, I have of late been seriously considering the possibility of uh, going straight. Then maybe there's nothing for you here. 
Maybe you want to keep walking? Go back to the upper levels of the bazaar. Buy yourself a nice scented candle or a nightlight for the kiddies. I don't have any kiddies, madam. At least none that I know of. But let's not be hasty. Mm, what is this exactly? And what does it do? Oh, so that's what you're after, is it? The crown jewel in my collection. It's pretty enough, but uh, what's it for? Tell me, sir, how much do you know about terraforming? Terraforming? Oh, for goodness sake, Garon. Of what does he speak? He means he purchased a device that's capable of altering a planetary environment. Highly illegal, thoroughly immoral, and therefore absolutely up your street. Isn't that right? As an assessment, Doctor. A trifle on the harsh side. Ah, but you bought it, didn't you? Well... I see you're tempted. I confess myself intrigued. You say it can alter the environment to anything I like? Not exactly. At least, not this model. Now, this allows you to extend any set of meteorological conditions for as long as you want. Uh, the weather? Think bigger than that. So not really terraforming at all, then? Maybe not, but it's a good name to have on the label. Got your attention, didn't it? Yeah, just a gimmick. On the contrary... Consider its possibilities. Consider what you could do with this if you really set your mind to it. Consider how much money you could make. So you are the reason for this never-ending ice time? In a manner of speaking, perhaps, but I won't take full responsibility. Why? What on earth did you think you were going to achieve with it? It's our profit, Mel. And that's the only reason a man like Garon does anything. Again, Doctor, a little harsh. I really did intend to go straight. And the good lady who sold it to me saw real potential in the idea. So, your plan is to run a... What did you call it? A... Package holiday service to this planet of yours, which you mean to keep in permanent winter? Why? Make believe, madam. It's all the rage. Wealthy enthusiasts queuing up to visit my winter wonderland. The place I have in mind has a wonderfully feudal air. I might even tap into the cosplay market. Cosplay? Dressing up. Oh, knights, wizards, dragons, you know, the sort of thing. I'm actually starting to wish I never asked. Still, you've bought it now. What my clients do with what I sell them is none of my concern. A most sensible policy. Uh, but please, uh, could you demonstrate one more time how to work the blessed thing? So, the planet of your choosing will be seeded by nodules that'll extend the prevailing conditions. You keep complete control of the process at all times by combining these two components. This, which looks like a golden lock, and this, which looks like a golden key. Good system. Foolproof. <laughs> and a touch of class with the gold. Uh, but 
What if the two components are separated? What if I lose one of them? Well, I can't take any responsibility for that. So you're saying I can't afford to lose either one of them? Yes? Is that right? You lost one, didn't you? Once you'd set all this up. Melanie, please. I lost neither component. But they were both, unfortunately, stolen from me. Baron, you're a venal fool. I shan't pretend that doesn't sting, Doctor. But I have been called worse. How did it happen? I stayed for a while in the city of Sher. The business was slow at first. I had only a handful of customers. Still, I managed to make quite merry for a time. But then, one evening... While in my cups, I was surprised by a band of brigands. They took both key and lock without having the least idea of what they meant. The components were separated and, well, as you can see, it's been winter on Rebos ever since. King Kari, cease your pacing. Heed your gods. I'm here. What do you want from me? We sense in you concern and fear for the future. Of course I'm worried. Half of Rebos is out to kill me. Have you found the man called the Doctor? Give it a rest. You know I haven't. But we have. Didn't think the gods were supposed to be so smug. Can you bring him to me? We will. Are you very unlucky, Garon? Or just remarkably stupid? You're probably a little of both. I did not understand all of your tale. But it seems you truly are the one to blame for this long and terrible ice time. Dear Lady Sweet Sandar, I humbly beg your forgiveness. No malice was ever intended. I'm not really to blame. Rather, that is sheer dumb luck. Your words hide the truth. They shift like the snow. That's rather poetic. Oh, I like that. You are a wizard after all. Can I take that as a compliment? A wizard of lies. Ah, uh, perhaps not. Will you two please stop antagonizing one another? This man is responsible for the sickening of the land. I should slay him here and now. Please, I meant no harm. Can't we talk? Oh, slay him later, Sandar. Doctor? For now, I want to hear the rest of the story. Do you have any idea where the lock and the key might be? Well, before Sher got too hot for me and I was forced to eke out a hermit's life, I did hear rumours that a strange key had been sold to the rebels. As for the lock, I imagine that still somewhere in sure, in who knows whose hands. Both are quite useless apart, of course. Just hunks of circuitry and pretty metal. So, it's our job to reunite them. You've got a plan, Doctor. The beginnings of one. Garon, Sander, we can set this right. We can end ice time and put this planet back on course. How? We form two teams. One locates the rebels and persuades them to hand over the key. The other travels to the city of Shur and finds the lock. We meet up, put the two together, and... Hey, presto! It's summer on Rivos again. It could work. It must work. And you'll hold off slaying Garon for now? 
if I must. We might still need his help. One hint of treachery, Garon, and I will tear you limb from limb. Of course, dear lady. <laughs> Quite naturally. I think we should keep these two apart, Doctor. Don't you? Agreed. I'll go with Garon to the city. Um, he'll be very useful as a guide. Then I'll take Sandar north. See if we can't find these rebels. Nobody move. There's cold steel at your back. Um, uh, who are you? Madam, forgive the intrusion, but those rebels you mentioned are not so hard to find. In point of fact, we found you. Prepare yourself, King Kari. For what? The doctor is on his way. What? He's just going to wander in and help me. Have faith in us, Kari. Our powers are ready, and we are locating him. We, the gods of Rebos, will deliver unto you your salvation. Put your sword away, Sandar. There are too many of them. Forgive me, Doctor. I was too caught up in my rage. Else I would have heard these cowards approach. Silence, barbarian. Now, who are you all and what are you doing here? We're travellers. Wanderers. Passers-by of no particular interest to anyone. Uh, certainly not to armed rebels. You are the resistance. You want to overthrow the king. I am the former Duke of Histar, now leader of the rebel army. King Kari may be a good man at heart, but he is young and callow. He's not one of us. Power has corrupted him. He must be removed and a new, fairer system put in his place. And would that new, fairer system happen by any chance to have you at the head of it? I don't care for your tone, madam, though I admire your courage. Duke, we might be able to help one another. You see, we're looking for something. It's a kind of... Where's he gone? He... he was there one moment and then vanished. It looked, it sounded like some sort of transmat beam. But nobody on this planet should even know that such technology exists. So who's taken him? And why? Oh, Doctor. Golden Key. I've been transmatted. The nerve of it. Where am I? And who are you? I'm Kari, King of Rebos. You must be the Doctor. How do you know who I am? The gods speak to me? They've told me you might be helpful. Oh, of course, yes. Well, I, I can see why they might say a thing like that. Yes, I am a very helpful fellow. Or I can be in the right cause. Um, what did you want me to assist you with? My kingdom is cracking in two, Doctor. A rebel army has been raised against me. I've got a revolution on my hands. I see. Well, you've come to the right man. Your help? I, I don't see why not. Uh, now, let's see what we can do. Um, uh, crush the rebels, shall we? <laughs> uh, and, and let's ensure that... Uh, what, what's the phrase? Oh, yes, 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 that's it. Resistance is useless. After the doctor vanished, many days passed. 
The division in our kingdom grew greater and all over Rebus were heard the drums of war. Winter became deeper and still more fierce. Springtime had never seemed so far away. You wanted a word in my shell-like, Seeker? I did, Your Majesty. Days you've been banging on about it. And yet you would not receive me. Yeah, well, I've been busy. With your new advisor. So what if I have? The bones do not lie, sire. That man is not what he appears. I've heard this all before. Haven't those bones of yours got anything original to say? It is not the bones that compel me to come again before you. Oh, no. What is it, then? Your people, Your Majesty. I walk amongst them and I hear what they say. They are afraid of the rebel army which they believe is on its way. They are afraid of what will be done to them. I'm gonna keep them safe. I know you believe that to be true. But where are the preparations? Where are your arrangements for war? There will be another way. A peaceful solution. Tis the Magus. I wondered when you'd show your face. Lovely to see you too. Always a pleasure. Never a choice. You speak of peace, Doctor. But how? How can we avoid the coming bloodshed? There are possibilities. But the important thing to bear in mind is this. There's always an alternative to war. My friends, there is now no alternative to war. Young King Kari sits on his throne, death to his people. When he arrived, he seemed a good man, a little odd, a little naive. But his old injury still troubles his mind. Now his advisors pour poison in his ears. He has become distant and uncaring. It grieves me to say that he is no longer fit He doesn't sound all that grief-stricken. On the contrary, he's spoiling for a fight. Such is the nature of politics, my dear. What one really wants to do has so often to be masked by reluctance. All my attempts at parley have been rejected. My offers of sharing power rebuffed. Has he actually made any offers? He sent messengers. I've seen them myself. They left the camp. As to whether they actually reached the city, well, that's another matter. We have no choice. We take the fight to them. In the morning, my friends, we ride for the city of Shur. We will crush all opposition. We will oust the king from his lair. We will take the throne of Rebos by force. So this is it, then. No way to avoid it now. Oh, I wish the doctor was here. He'd find a way. I'm not sure about that, my dear. This may be even beyond him. Death to King Kari! Ah! 
me. Even after all these weeks, I still cannot judge, Doctor, if you are a traitor or merely dangerously naive. Perhaps neither. Perhaps I'm just a man who sees something of the world and wants to protect it. I think we both know that you're no man at all. Oh, what do you think I am? A sorcerer. An emissary of the underworld. I have to say, I find that rather hurtful. Stop! Your chatter's making my head hurt. Your Majesty, we mean only to advise. We're trying to help. I've had enough of you both. Get out! Thank you, friends! Thank you! You will not be forgotten when the throne of Rebos is mine. But now is the time to sleep and build our strength. In the morning, we ride to Shur! Well, that was rousing, I suppose. Do you think there really will be a battle? It seems so unnecessary. That all depends on how much of a fight the citizens put up. If the king is as bad as the Duke makes out, they might be happy to see us. Hmm. Things never really work out like that. Well, here comes a man who might be able to cast a bit of light. It's your very good friend, the Duke. <gasps> He's no friend of mine. Though he'd surely like to be. <laughs> Melanie! Oh, Garon. Like the speech? Oh, jolly good, yes. Always like a bit of storm and drang of an evening. Is that a compliment, Garon? I cannot tell. Shall we just assume that it is, Your Grace, <laughs> for safety's sake? Very well. Now, Melanie, I'm relieved to find you well. Uh, quite well. Thank you, Duke. You're being cared for, I trust. You're respected by the men? Of course. Because if any man were to show you even a moment's disrespect, I would have their head and hang it beside my tent as a warning to the rest. Um, I promise you there is no need for anything like that. Good, good. But you're a well-travelled woman, I think. You have seen much. That's true. I would speak to you, Melanie. Alone. Gods? Gods? Speak to me, gods! Gods! Thank you for contacting the gods of Rebos. We are sleeping at present and will not be available for moral guidance or proclamations for the next three cycles. Please call again. In the meantime, thank you for your interest in our pantheon. I don't understand. What's happened to you? Why does everyone leave me in the end? Do you think it wise to leave the king? He just needs a little space alone to make up his mind. You think he took our play acting at face value? He saw exactly what he expected to see. Two bickering advisers at each other's throats, suggesting fiercely contradictory paths. You think he'll choose a middle way? That's the idea. He'll shy away from both extremes and aim instead for compromise. Prepare for war, but strive for peace. Yes. I expect he'll call us back within the hour. Very well. Then I shall consult the bones. You do that. And you, Doctor? How do you fill your long hours? Oh, I just like to take a turn about the town, wander through the city, 
See if I chance upon anything interesting. Go well, then. And you, Seeker. And you. So this is your tent, Your Grace? <laughs> How the other half live, eh? I am used to comfort. My exile should not change that. Well, quite. Take a seat. Thank you. I admit I'm surprised you wanted to see me. I can't be much help. Not like Sandar. I've heard that she's become your favourite. Your second in command. The last statement is correct. Your first is not. There are other ways to aid our rebellion, Melanie, than simply with a strong sword arm. Really? Of course. One may inspire. One may spur on. One may, through beauty and poise alone, urge a good man to become a great one. That's, uh, that's kind. But I can't help but think you're laying it on a bit thick. Who are you, Melanie? I told you. A traveller. And you've still no idea what happened to your friend? None at all. You refuse to accept that it was dark magic? I've told you. I don't believe in magic. Yet I have something which will change your mind. Is that right? A great omen. A promise from the gods that we will triumph in the morning. And what might that be? A key, Melanie. But not any ordinary key. A key of sorcerers. Aha! At long last. There you are. Doctor? What are you doing in here? Oh, hello. Oh, I, I thought you'd gone to consult your bones. I changed my mind. I followed you, as I have these many nights watching you search and search the city for who knows what. Hmm. I really should get better at looking in the shadows. <laughs> well, I was just doing a little sightseeing. Yeah, there are so many interesting places. Hidden rooms, secret passageways. This is a chamber of relics and antiquities. Is it? I hadn't noticed. It is locked and guarded. It was unlocked when I found it. The guard must be on his tea break. What is that in your hand? Uh, this? Oh, gosh. Oh, I have no idea. Uh, but it's so gold and shiny, I couldn't resist a closer look. You know what it puts me in mind of? I've no idea. It puts me in mind of a lock. Did you say key? Here. I keep it around my neck upon a chain. See for yourself. It's certainly very ornate. It looks like gold, but it is harder, yet lighter. A metal entirely unknown to me. Such delicate traceries at the edges... And something more. Tonight, before I spoke to the men, this key suddenly pulsed with power. Like that? Exactly like that. I suppose it does look a little bit like a lock. It just caught my eye. You are lying. Clearly you are searching for it. Indeed, I believe you've been seeking it ever since you came to Shah. This old thing? No. There's nothing special about it at all. You were saying? Interesting. It's reacting to me. But it's searching. Searching for someone else. Where did it come from, Your Grace? We bought it. We were told that it was a totem of power. 
You seem very unsurprised. Oh, I've seen plenty of strange things. A glowing key doesn't even make the top ten. All the same, could I take a closer look? No, not even you can do that, Melanie. The key is mine. It stays around my neck at all times. Unless, of course, you'd care to tell me what you know about it. It stopped. Perhaps when I am king, its mysteries will be revealed to me. I'm sure they will, Your Grace. But maybe if I were just to take a look now... No! My word is final. Ishtar! How dare you, madam! How dare you enter my tent without an invitation! I am a barbarian, Ishtar. We go where we please. Melanie. Hello, Sandar. What do you want? I have returned from the scouting mission. The city of Sher lies open and unguarded. It is weak and vulnerable. That's good. That's excellent. Well done, Sandar. You have more strength and vigour than a dozen of my own men. Our victory tomorrow will be a formality. Wouldn't you agree, Melanie? Of course I would, Your Grace. <laughs> After all, what choice do I have? It stopped. What a curious thing. I might just hold on to it, see if I can find out what it's up to. No, Doctor. I see now that you have spoken barely one word of truth to me in all the time that you have been here. I cannot trust you. I'm sorry to hear that, but, but you see, it's rather difficult for me to explain. Too late. Give me that object. I'd really rather not. Give it now, or die by this weapon. Ah, so it's like that, is it? Doctor? Oh, very well. Here. Thank you. Now leave. Garon, are you in there? Come in. Oh, my dear girl, I was starting to worry. Well, no need to worry about me, Garon. The people of the city of Sher, on the other hand. I know, my dear, I know. But what can we do? The Duke has the key. You've seen it? It's definitely the one. Well, it's certainly not from Rebos. Do you have it? No. He keeps it on a chain around his neck. Ah, oh, this is a pity. Though I'm not sure even if we were able to restore sunshine to Rebos that it would stop this war. The bloodthirsty beggars seem absolutely set on it. You both speak truth. Sandar! A barbarian friend, listening at tent flaps. How long were you out there? Silence, fat man. Lovely to see you again, too. Is what you told the Duke true about the city? She lies defenceless. The hammer of the rebel army was smashed to pieces. Oh, what a mess. Oh, Doctor, where are you? It is a tragedy, my dear, but the truth is that we might never know for sure. A transmat beam like that, the poor devil could be anywhere in the galaxy by now, or scrambled into atoms, circling some desolate moon for the rest of eternity. I believe him closer than that. Sandar? I met a merchant on the road. He told me a rumour about a strange new advisor to the king. Go on, Sandar. Tell us everything. I do believe I can see the beginnings of a plan. Wake, King Kari. Rise. 
You're back. We were only ever resting. It's almost dawn. I must have kept half the night away. I'd meant to make a decision. The army of the rebels is rising. They will be here soon. You must defend the city. But you must try also to make peace. Yeah, yeah. Sounds sensible. There is a new element in play. One of your advisors has found an item of great value. We, the gods of Rebos, have plans for the object. And so this, Kinkari, is what you must do. I hope you are rested and hungry for battle. We ride. We ride for the city of Shur and the throne of Rebos. Show no mercy to any who oppose us. But stay your hand if they surrender. The kingdom will soon be under righteous control. And perhaps the gods shall see fit to end this long ice time and give us summer again. Now we ride. We ride for victory. I was a trifle more confident on horseback, my dear. <laughs> Nonsense, Garon. You're braver than you think. Besides, we can still stop this, can't we? If our new plan works out, that is. Yes, yes. Our new plan. Oh, goody. The rebel army is already crossing the plain towards the city. We must defend ourselves. Seeker? You're bang on the money. <laughs> While you've been napping, I've already ordered the city to prepare for a siege. Sire, what have you done? I've done loads. The gates of Shur are closed. Our best archers are manning the spires. Stand ready! And I've ordered the battle Shrivenzar to be prepared. Your Majesty is most wise. Have events changed your mind? Events? Yes. And the gods. They spoke to me at dawn. Told me what I'm going to have to do. Very good, sire. But where is the doctor? He has been advising me. A separate parallel plan. I warn you, your majesty. He is a slippery, untrustworthy oh, fellow. Oh, please. Don't think I haven't worked out your little routine. You're in this together, trying to manipulate me. Not anymore. That is, your majesty, no... Your Majesty, forgive me. Too late now. Still, since you've been here, I expect he's got what he was after by now. Isn't that right, Doctor? Good morning. You have it? The lock. Right here. That was in my private quarters. Would you really stoop so low, Doctor? 
to break in and steal like a common brigand? Considering how you got hold of it, Seeker, I shouldn't complain. Besides, there's very little I wouldn't do to stop a war. You think this bauble has that power? Yes, perhaps. Well, it's worth a try. The rebels are coming, Doctor. If you're leaving the city, you'd better do it now. Only for a little while. We'll meet again, Seeker. Your Majesty? Good luck. I'll be back soon to broker negotiations. Ah, brave bloke. I pray that you're right, Your Majesty. Truly, I do. You know, I was thinking of taking a break from all this. Just riding off somewhere on my Todd. I don't think I'll be missed. Garon, you can't. No, I very much believe that I can, my dear. I'll just take myself off somewhere and lay low for a bit until all this unpleasantness has passed. I know you're braver than that. Braver than you like to make out. No, I'm fairly sure that I'm exactly as cowardly as I seem. Garon! Oh, no. Speak not of turning tail. Speak not of taking flight. I say that. <laughs> doesn't sound like me. If you run from this fight, I will haunt you down myself and remove your head from your shoulders with an old, rusty blade. Giddy up, then. Onwards to share. Oh, you too. See? Every bit as craven as I seem. The city awaiting our liberation. Duke! What is it, Barbarian? The city is closed against us. It has prepared for a siege. Shivans are proud of battlements. Hmm. Your eyes see true. Hold! All of you! Hold! Your Grace, what's happened? The city's locked and barred. They have, after all, made preparations. Ah, well, you tried your best. Uh, shall we turn around, then, fetch our horses, saddle up, and make for the safety of the mountains? My dear Garon, we are more than ready for a siege. We can wait them out, starve them into submission. Oh, no. Are you sure there's not another way? This is the way they have chosen, the slow death of cowards, not the swift glory of battle. So be it. Take it from me. We will not see a single one of those city traitors dare to put their heads outside the gates for days. They wish to die in the shadows rather than fight in the sun. Hello? Hello there! Excuse me! Uh, you're saying, Your Grace? Who on Rebos is that? Doctor! So it is. Where did he spring from and what does he want? He's taking something from his pocket. A white flag! Coward. He wants to parley on behalf of his king. Very well. Let's see what he has to say. Melanie, with me. Uh, this way, Seeker. I have to see what's happening for myself. Are you certain we'll be safe upon the battlements, Your Majesty? You sound like the captain of my guard. 
No, of course I'm not sure. But this is war. What choice do we have? And here we are. Look down, Seeker. And we are very high indeed. And the army of the rebels is even bigger than I had feared. Hey, don't sweat it. Look there, in no man's land. The doctor, what's he doing? Making peace, that's what he's doing. Doctor, we meet again. Hello, Duke. Doctor. Mel! Oh, I'm so glad to see you. You've been all right, I hope. No complaints. Why are you out here waving the white flag of truce? Are you an agent of the king? I prefer advisor. But it's best you think of me as a friend to everyone, dropping in from nowhere to make things better, if I can. I doubt there's anything you can do to stop what must happen here. A long siege, a bloody battle... Much better, surely, to avoid both. What do you offer instead? Well, I'm sure we can sort something out on the power-sharing front. I mean, if it really means that much to you. Besides, I've some suspicions of my own about your young monarch. How he got the crown in particular. Too vague, Doctor. What else? Oh, the Doctor has plenty more up his sleeve. Don't you, Doctor? Oh, yes. <laughs> Indubitably. Especially once you know that the Duke here really does hold the key to this whole business. What are you talking about? Ah, oh, oh thank you, Mel. Uh, now, Hishtar, um, this interminable ice time, what would you say if I told you that the two of us, you and I, have it within our power to bring back summer at a stroke? I'd say you were lying. The Doctor's telling you the absolute truth. I can vouch for that. You have one minute, Doctor. So there's a lock, you see. And then there's a key. What is he saying? They're too far away. Oh, I should think he'll be telling them something about a lock and a key. He explained it to me earlier, though I keep losing the thread. But together, he said they can bring back sun time. The lock, Your Majesty? Yeah, that's right. The one he took from you. I knew it. I knew it was something wondrous. You are quite certain, Doctor. You give me your word that this is no trick. No trick, I assure you. We put these two things together and summer will be restored. The difference it would make to my people. The lives that would be saved. An age of sunshine and reason would return. And we could set aside this long winter of dread. I'm glad you're being so reasonable, Your Grace. Everything I have done, my lady, has been for the people of Ribos. I have very little personal ambition of my own. Well, let's not go overboard. Hold up the lock, Doctor. I shall show you my key. But know this. If you are lying, if I see any sign of treachery, I shall order an assault upon this city. We will not wait in siege, but attack in full force. The citizens of Shur will feel my wrath. No need for any of that. Summer is coming. Here's the lock. Very well. Here's the key. Doctor? The process may take a moment or two longer. Uh, nothing more, I'm sure. Doctor, what's happened? Have you miscalculated? 
Nothing. Nothing has happened. Dr. Merle, you've tricked me for the last time. Run to the city if you can. You will meet your fate there. Hishtar, please, I can explain. Well, I can try to explain. Oh, Doctor. Give me my key. Treachery, my friends, treachery! Throw caution to the winds! Attack the city! Attack! 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 Please, I can explain. Well, I can try to explain. Oh, Doctor. Give me my key. Treachery, my friends, treachery. Throw caution to the winds. Attack the city. Attack, attack, attack. You must ride with me. The Duke of Hishtar will be executing deserters on sight. It's come to that, has it? <laughs> Charming fella. Always said so. Stay beside me, Garan. I shall keep you safe. War has seized Rebirth now, and we must all do what we can to make sure we survive. Sorry, Your Majesty, that it has come to this. It will be okay. Sure can survive a siege. It can survive a full frontal assault. I hope you're right, sire. The Duke's army seems so very determined. The archers have taken some of them out. But only the first wave, sire. Only the first wave. Are you sure we weren't followed, Doctor? We left the battlefield unobserved. They were all too busy trying to hurt one another. Trying and succeeding. 
terrible waste. Unnecessary and immoral. We need to stop it. But the lock didn't work. And Hishtar still has the key. Don't worry. I have a plan. Well, I'm improvising a plan. So, where are we headed? I spent the last few weeks exploring the city of Shur and her mysteries. There's a secret passage that leads straight to the throne room itself. You think you could talk some sense into the king? I do. So long as he doesn't do anything foolish before we reach him. So long as he's not listening to the wrong advice. Your Majesty, you must unleash the battle, Shrivenzan. So soon? Yes, sire. In war, the element of surprise is all. I wanted to hold back. Use them only as a last resort. Look, Your Majesty. Already the walls of Shur are swarming with rebels. Already the archers are overwhelmed. Unless you act now, the city will be overrun by nightfall. Your crown will be taken from you and your body will be hung from the battlements as a feast for the crows. All right, all right. Give the order. Release the battle, Shrivenzar. when you try to go straight. <gasps> Those roars sound horribly familiar. Come on, Mel. We can't let this escalate. I can't watch anymore. I can't watch people die because of me. Such is duty, Your Majesty. To wear the crown is to accept responsibility for life and death. Well, I won't. Not anymore. I... I didn't used to be this way. I didn't used to be this man. Majesty, what do you mean? I can't. I'm trying, but I can't quite remember. Remember what? I can't talk to you. I have to try to help. Fought, friend barbarian. The field of battle is littered with the beasts you have slain. But there are too many. Our losses are too severe. She makes a strong point. You think we should reconsider our attack? If you want to rule over the living in Rebus, Duke, then yes. I never expected to hear such cowardice from a barbarian. We shall not fall back. We shall not give ground. Fight on, all of you. Fight on! Sandar, Sandar, please think of something. What? False wizard? Please! I don't want to die. And here we are. Is this the throne room? I thought it would be grander somehow. Where's the king? The king has fled. 
fear that war has driven him to the brink of madness. Seeker, where exactly is he? Well, somewhere in the city. He's desperate, trapped. We have to help him, Doctor. <gasps> what was that? A battle Shrivenzal. It must have got loose, found its way here. Back away, everyone. Carefully. Towards the door. Avoid any sudden moves. Garon, I have a plan. Marvellous. I'm so glad somebody has. You must make of yourself a distraction. And how will I do that? You know I'm not in the least bit brave. And that is what is needed of you now. Run away. Flee. Ride for safety. In that case, jolly good. And what will you be doing? No more questions. Just do as I say. Doctor, it's gaining on us. Not again. Wait, both of you. Really? Now's not the time for loitering. Ah, I see what she's doing. Thank you, Seeker. Another secret passage. The city's riddled with them. Go, both of you. Find the king. Save the city. Save Rebus. I will see off this beast. With a knife? Go. Go now. Do you know, Seeker, I'm starting to wonder if I didn't misjudge you rather. Fly, Doctor. Fly. I can't take it anymore. I have to leave the field of battle. Who's with me? Who wants to live for another day? Stop that man. We cannot tolerate desertion. Your Grace, come here. What now, Barbarian? Come close. There's something you must know. Something which will win this war. What is it? What have you discovered? That my sword can save lives. No, no. What is the dark? <laughs> Did anyone ever tell you? You're much cleverer than you look. Fool. Now give me that key. Tragedy! The Duke is slain! An arrow from the battlements! Yet he gave one last order. Turn around, all of you! Fall back! Fall back! That woman was very brave, going up against a Shrivenzal single-handed. Oh, this seeker is a survivor. For now, I'm rather more concerned about where this passageway leads. Wait, did you hear that? Hear what? A voice, up ahead, this way. Gods of Rebos, answer me now. Send me aid. Oh, come on, say something. Why won't you answer me, you useless bunch of... Oh, what's the point? King Carrie, there you are. Doctor, and who is this? Hello, I'm Mel. Uh, might I ask, sir, 
what you're doing? I wasn't hiding. No, not that. But I was trying to get through to my gods. The gods of Rebos. There's a battle going on outside. And I was trying to stop it. I was going to ask the gods. This is their talisman. <laughs> Odd sort of talisman. Carrie, you know in your heart, I think, that your gods aren't real. Greetings, King Kari. The gods of Rebos hear you. You were saying, Doctor? I see you did not flee far. A smart girl. <laughs> what a very ingenious solution. I'm glad to have afforded you the opportunity. I take no pleasure in trickery, false wizard. Oh, I don't know. I think you're rather good at it. Uh, besides, that trickery, as you call it, has saved many lives today. See? They're recalling the battle Shrivenzal. Both armies have ceased fighting and are licking their wounds instead. It is but a lull. The state of siege goes on. Well, yes, no doubt your analysis is, as ever, absolutely tickety-boo. But the main thing is, we've bought ourselves a little of the most important commodity in warfare. Time. Whoever or whatever that voice belongs to, it isn't any god. It's a communicator, isn't it? Disguised as a statuette. They've found me. The Doctor. And Mel. Hello there, and who exactly am I speaking to today? We are the gods of Rebos. We are the gods of cold and flame. Doctor, it sounds... Well, it sounds to me like a computer. We know you're not gods, and my friend is correct. From the sound of it, you're an artificial intelligence of some kind. Gods? What are they talking about? King Kari, lord of all Rebos. Yeah? Follow this path to its ending... Step through the door at the end of it, and embrace the light. Yes, I understand. Oh, come on. Enough of the Charlton Heston routine. Kari, you can't just obey without asking questions. Gods, if I do as you command, will everything be okay? All on Rebus will be set right once again. It sounds too good somehow. Too good to be true. Come on, Your Majesty. I'm starting to put two and two together. Let's do as these so-called gods of yours suggest and see what happens. We will grieve our commander later. Friends, for now... We make camp and prepare, for in the morning, the war goes on! Very good, my barbarian friends. You think they accept me? Oh, dear lady, compared to the Duke, I rather think they prefer you. As to the matter of the war going on tomorrow, I'm not so sure if we won't be able to resolve it before then. Take a look over there. Over by the walls of the city. Subtly, though, don't alert the others just yet. Three figures on the snore. Spies. No! The Doctor and Mel and someone else. Judging by the crown, I'd say it's the king, wouldn't you? All three with their arms upraised. They sue for peace? I'd certainly hope so. Shall we find out? You go, Garon. 
I must remain with my warriors. No, no, come on, Sander. I have a strong suspicion that you'll want to be here for this. Ah, they've seen us. Here comes Sandar, and Garon, too. No sign of the Duke. A small delegation is better. It's more likely to see sense. Though I've got a clear idea of what I'm willing to give away. The gods have been very strict about that. I'm not sure your gods have given you the best advice, Kari. Though I'm starting to wonder if it hasn't all been terribly well-meaning. Just the same. Doctor! Well met! Good to see you too, Sandar! And you, Garon! Doctor! Melanie! I never thought I'd be so pleased to see your two faces again. And a pleasure to meet you, young man. You're the king, I suppose. I'm Kari, yeah. I can well believe it. So noble a brow, so regal a bearing. The gods of Rebos told me to come here. They say that peace will come again. Oh, is that right? I'm so glad you're here, Garon. Oh, finally warming to me, are you, Doctor? I tend to find that I'm generally irresistible in the end. That may be, but I need you for a particular purpose now. And what might that be? This. Mel, my hat. Uh, okay. Look inside. The lock. Would you be so kind as to pass it to the king? Me? There you go. Thanks. I don't suppose anyone has the key. I do. Well done, Sandar. Now, give that to the king, too. Oh, those are definitely the ones I bought. But we tried them. They didn't work. I think I know why. Let's see if I'm right. Kari, if you'd be so kind, place lock and key together. Doctor? What is this? No tricks. You can trust him, my boy. If you say so. Well, it seems to be working now. Bit of an anticlimax, don't you think? Oh, I wouldn't say that. Doctor, what have you done? Look around you, Sandar. Can't you feel it? Already it's growing warmer. Sun time is returning to Ribos. This is wonderful. How can we thank you? You can thank me by taking care of Rebos. Rule her wisely, won't you? Me? You. I will. But what about the king? This is... Oh, I feel... He's fainting. Somebody catch him. I have you, my boy. Don't fret. Splendid. Now, it's time we were going. Now, where's that talisman? Aha! Gods of Rebos! Doctor? As you can see, the object of your responsibility is incapacitated. Therefore, I, the Doctor, am taking command of your programme. I seek sanctuary in your celestial home. Wait, Doctor. We must consult the oracles. You mean check your protocols? Correct. Orders accepted. Very good. In which case, permission to come aboard. Granted. Four to transmit, please. Doctor.
happening? Hey, uh, where are we? On board a spaceship, Mel. One that's been in orbit around this planet for at least the last two years. Pretty sleek-looking model, too. Looks like an old Earth colony vessel. Marvellous, don't you think, to be surrounded by technology again? <laughs> Rebos is a fine place for a holiday, but you wouldn't want to live there. I assume, Doctor, that this ship's computer was playing God for the benefit of the King. But I, I still don't understand why. Patience, Mel. It's about to become clear. The King's waking up. Ah, so he is. Wait! Unleash the battle, Shrivenzar! Hang on a minute. What is this place? Don't you remember, Your Majesty? No. This is all too strange. I'm the King of Rebos. Is this heaven? You can do better than that, King Kari. No need to browbeat the poor fellow. He's clearly confused. Strange, isn't it, Garon? That a man like you should be so fiercely defensive of somebody you've only just met. Doctor, what are you getting at? And, and why did the lock and key work when Kari used it? I suspect that when Ballard and Smith of the planet Designate 9 sold Garon that device, she fitted a standard, a security lock, set to your own genetic Code. Oh yes, sounds plausible. Naturally, I never read the small print or the instruction manual. Just a lot of unnecessary finger-wagging, I always think. Well, that explains why it didn't work earlier, but why would it work when Kari did it? Unless... Yes? Oh. Look at the faces, Mel. The curve of a nose, the flourish of an eyebrow. Yes. Yes, the way they both walk, too. Doctor, what are you talking about? Around the campfire, Garon. You told us you didn't have any children. Are you absolutely certain of that? <laughs> for once, Garon, you actually look lost for words. And you, Kari, how are you feeling now? Like someone waking up from a dream. Seeing this spaceship again? Is there anything which comes to mind? A phrase, for example? Yeah. Yeah, I think there is. Then say it. Computer. Kari. End role-playing program now. Program ends. Welcome back, Kari. This is... too weird. Too strange, I... I thought I was the King of Rebos. And you really were. At least for a time. But why were you here in the first place? What were you trying to achieve? I've got it. Yes, Mel? Kari was a tourist, wasn't he? He'd signed up to Garon's holiday, playing Let's Pretend. Computer? Isn't that right? Employer Kari intended to visit Planet Rebos to enjoy vacation in the person of Robosian Monarch. This intelligence was programmed to aid and assist him in his assumed persona, using role-designated gods of Rebos. Well done, Mel. But there must have been an accident, yes? Some trauma befell Kari, made him lose sight of his true self. I was attacked when I landed, mauled by a Shrivenzar. That's how they found me, with my crown and talisman. The Seeker believed I was a long-lost ruler to bring peace to the city. Oh, 
Oh dear, what a mess. Though I should state that as the service operator, I cannot take any responsibility for any personal injuries suffered as the result of the individual's decision to visit the planet in the first place. There was another reason. I remember now. I didn't really come to Rebos for a holiday at all. I was looking for someone. Oh yes? And did you find them? Yeah. I think I did. Hello, Dad. I'm... I'm... Garon? Are you really lost for words? Right. It seems that you two have plenty to catch up on. And you have a ship. You can explore the galaxy together. I'd... Yeah, I'd like that. It would be an honour and a privilege, my boy. Perhaps we could even go into business together. I've lately lost a partner, after all. And this would be a strictly legitimate and above-board business, I hope? Naturally, my dear. I wish both of you the very best of luck. <sighs> Me too. Well, we'll be off just as soon as we can. That is, assuming... Computer? Yes, Doctor? Do you think your excellent transmat beam might be able to retrieve a certain large blue box? People of the city of Shur, your king has been taken up to heaven. The gods have sent us a sign. Is it not plain that I, Sandar the Barbarian, should be your ruler now? Open these gates and let us talk like true Rebosians. You choose wisely, people of Shur, and you send a rider to speak with me. Welcome to the first city of the kingdom. I think we have much to talk about. Don't you, your majesty? Looking almost as good as new. She always comes back in the end. You must be pleased, Doctor. Sometimes here at last, ice melting, green grass instead of snow, the world smiling again. Yes, it's all been put back together. Do you think they'll be all right, Garon and Kari? They've a lot of missing years to catch up on. Um, better late than never, Mal, yeah. And yes, um... I suspect it might be the making of them both. Still, you seem... distracted. Just thinking, Mal, about the future. Uh, Kari? Yes? What was your mother's name? I should warn you, I'm a man of the world... You may have to describe it to me. Her name was Claire. Of Canning Town. I remember Claire. 
I remember her very well. And she never told me about you. She never breathed a word. I know, and she regretted that. Until the day she died. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> a pleasure long overdue. Yeah, you too. Time I took my responsibilities seriously. I can look after myself, you know. But of course, you're a chip off the old block. But let's see if we can't look after each other. So, where next? There you are. Did you find what you were looking for in the library? I did, yes. Even if Reboss wasn't quite what you promised, I hope it took your mind off whatever you were worrying about before. Oh, yes, of course, yes. I'm much more relaxed. Happy to be having fun, Mel. Seeing where we land by complete chance and getting caught up in the adventure. Speaking of which... Uh, where have we ended up this time? Let me just check the scanner. Oh, what a coincidence. It's the planet Designate 9. Hang on. Wasn't that the place where Garon bought the device? I do believe it might be. Oh, oh, come along, Mel. Let's see what's out there. Hmm. Hello, sir. Madam, seen something you liked then? Something caught your fancy? No. Excuse me? Well, there's nothing I like here. So you'd better move along then, hadn't you? No need to take that tone. I don't care for people profiteering from the misery of others. Your stock is dangerous and immoral. I want you to destroy it and I want you to dedicate your life to a better purpose than this. You're mad. Get away with you. I'll call over the squids on the doors. Fine. Call them over. And then I just have no choice but to tell them what you used to be called, Baladin Smith. About a nightclub in the second moon of Animalia. And about a young singer who died in mysterious circumstances, whose name was... Stop. Whoever you are, just stop. Why would you bring that up now? After all this time... Trust me. I take no pleasure in it. You're blackmailing me. To give all this up. I'm trying to persuade you. Doctor, she's upset. There must be another way. I did try asking nicely, Mel. You heard. And how long do you mean to hold this over me? For exactly as long as it takes. I will be watching. <sighs> Fine. I'll do what you say. Never enjoyed the business anyway. But you, redhead lady, you ought to know that kind of man you're hanging around with. A man who think nothing of using the greatest tragedy of a stranger's life to make a point. As if, as soon as I shut up shop, there won't be plenty of others ready and waiting to take my place. Come along, Mel. We've seen enough. All right, Doctor. All right. you here. Closer rooms, an excellent place to think. <laughs> and you've been very thoughtful ever since we left Designate 9. I just wanted some time alone. A bit of space. 
I understand. Doctor? Yes? This new you, this change you said was coming, do you think you'll end up more like the doctor I saw on Rebus? Or the one who dealt with Baladin Smith? Whatever happens, I promise that the me you've known all this time is still there, somewhere underneath. Oh, Doctor, I'm not sure if... Well? It doesn't matter. Where are we heading now? I've really no idea. Doctor? Honestly, I don't. That's good. Still, I hope it's somewhere interesting. I hope it's somewhere fun. And above all... I hope it's somewhere warmer. have been listening to Doctor Who, Seventh Doctor Adventures, Silver and Ice, 2, The Rebos Inheritance, by Jonathan Barnes. The Doctor was played by Sylvester McCoy, Mel, Bonnie Langford, Garon, David Rintoul, King Kari, Homer Toddywala, Sandar, Vivian Rochester, The Seeker, Baladin Smith, Computer Voice, Izzy Van Randwick, The Duke of Hishtar, Paul Baisley. All other parts were played by members of the cast. Director, Samuel Clemens. Script Editor, Matt Fitton. Sound Design and Music, Steve Foxen. Producer, Emma Haig. Executive Producers, Nicholas Briggs and Jason Haig-Ellery. Hello, my name is Samuel Clemens, and I am the director of this episode of Doctor Who, The Rebos Inheritance. But something's very wrong on Rebos. Ice time should have ended a decade ago. How can that be? I've not the slightest idea. Shall we find out? So this is quite an interesting story because it sort of takes... Not takes over at all, but it's like a sequel in a way to, I suppose, the Rebos operation. We've got... Oh, we're on the same planet that uh, that episode is set on, uh, Rebos, and certain characters as well uh, pop up that are in uh, that television episode um, with uh, Tom Baker, but this time it's with the Seventh Doctor. So uh, we find our Doctor and his companion Mel on Rebos in perpetual ice time, as they call it, so it's uh, perpetually freezing, and so much so that the TARDIS gets uh, gets submerged in, in a... In a a frozen lake that cracks and so the TARDIS disappears leaving them on this ice planet and they realise very quickly they're on a sort of quite a hostile planet where um, an uprising is starting against a king that is uh, on the throne that may not be 
who he thinks he is and who he says he is. And it's sort of such a, it's got a real sort of, um, I don't know, brave hearty Game of Thrones feel to it, this episode. And uh, it's quite epic in scale. And, uh, you know, sword sandals, snow as well. Sword sandals, snow and shields and snow. I'm Matt Fitton and I script edited the Seventh Doctor Adventures, Silver and Ice. So the second story in this uh, set is the Reboss Inheritance by Jonathan Barnes, which, as uh, listeners will realise, is a sequel to the uh, Fourth Doctor story, the Reboss operation, which kicked off the Key to Time season. So when you're looking at revisiting places and characters that the Doctor's met before, it's, it's interesting to find a new angle and a new way of doing things and a new way of looking at the world. And um, the initial inspiration for, for this revisit to, to Rebos was looking at the wider society. I mean, we saw a very specific, obviously due to BBC budget uh, restrictions, a very specific set of locations uh, and characters within the castle and the power play by the uh, Graf Vindicay. While... Garen and Unstoff's con is is going on but it was quite kind of restricted to to just the corridors and the the tunnels of the castle and its surrounds but there was that hint of that wider world and the wider society so we kind of expanded that and asked Jonathan to build on that and almost kind of almost in a, a Game of Thrones way think of who else might be out there who else might be vying for power so it's set sometime after the Doctor's last visit and supposedly it should be moving between the seasons of ice time and sun time but clearly something has gone wrong with the climate and uh, Mel and the Seventh Doctor find themselves in a, a very frozen environment. I'm Jonathan Barnes and I wrote the Reboss Inheritance which forms the second half of Doctor Who, The Seventh Doctor Adventures, Silver and Ice. This was one of those incredibly exciting emails you get completely out of the blue, I think from Matt Fitton and from David Richardson in the first instance, um, asking me, yeah, do you want to write a sequel to the Reboss operation, the classic, I think rather overlooked in many ways, but classic um, Tom Baker Adventure by the um, the legendary Robert Holmes. Um, so of course, yes. I mean, clearly some trepidation, but at the same time, absolutely thrilled, chewed off their arm to be allowed to do it. My name is Sylvester McCoy, and I play the Doctor, number seven. What on earth did you think you were going to achieve with it? He's our prophet, Mel, and that's the only reason a man like Garon does anything. Again, Doctor, a little harsh. I really did intend to go straight. And the good lady who sold it to me saw real potential in the idea. He sees in him that um, he's actually, you know, pretty good chap underneath it all, really. But, you know, he's... um, He's a bit of a con man, but I think we all like a bit of a con man, really. Because the thing about con men, the really good ones, is they've got such charm, and we like their charm, and we like to... We allow ourselves to be conned by them because of that. My name is Bonnie Langford, and I play Mel, 
Mel is very good, generally, not always, but she's generally very good at seeing through people immediately. And um, I think Garon's great fun because he's almost like a Fagin-type character and uh, or you know, some wonderful sort of Arctor who's actually not that at all. You know, in, in a way, he's he's a bit Sabalom Glitz as well, who, who Mel came across on telly. And, um, and there is a... She almost likes the charm of the fact that this person is blustering and, and full of bluff and uh, subterfuge because generally it's just to cover up their own inadequacies rather than anything more sinister. David Rintoul playing Garum, a rogue, a con man, rather a splendid character, who was done originally, although although this is a Sylvester episode, originally it was done uh, with Tom Baker, um, 1970, whatever it was, sort of mid to late 70s, I think. And... Uh, Garen was played by a wonderful Scottish actor, I'm a Scot as well, uh, called Ian Cuthbertson, um, who was a big, broad, very strong, splendid actor, who was also director. He ran the Glasgow Sits for quite a long time. And yes, was one of a generation, the generation above me, of really fine, fine Scottish actors. So he played Garen. He played him as very kind of sort of extravagant, almost Noel Coward, a sort of bass baritone version of Noel Coward some of the time, and then when he was alone with his assistant, it was revealed that, in fact, he was a lad from Hackney, so he had a very, very strong... complete polar opposites of of accents he played him with. This script is written slightly differently, but I still wanted to get that, that... the grandiosity of him, but also the fact that he's a... he's a terrible old con man, and it's all an act. I'm Paul Baisley, and I'm playing the Duke of Hishtar. Rebos is a feudal society, so they're, they're not really aware that the Doctor and other people on the planet are, are the aliens, as it were. They, they're living their sort of feudal existence. And he's a Duke in the court, but he becomes a rebel because he's unhappy about the way the King is um, operating. But he's one of those... I think the reason he's fun is that he's someone we all recognise from modern political life and that he, he thinks he's doing everything for the people, but actually... It's pretty much about his own ego. And he, he and, and I think as it goes on, we see him become more and more excited to be the king himself. And uh, that gets, he gets carried away with that. And he also, ta- he also takes a, a rather a shine to Mel, um, much to her probable discomfort. My name is Izzy Van Ragwick and I play Seeker. I play the computer and I play Baladin Smith, the arms dealer. The Seeker is the um, a mythical character who is, I suppose, a witch of sorts. She consults her bones the whole time to uh, help Kari make decisions to help rule the Reboss. And Computer is an AI voice that is, is the gods that he, that Kari turns to for help as well to um, consolidate with with the seeker and Baladin Smith is just your day-to-day average arms dealer. Hello, sir. Madam, seen something you liked it? Something caught your fancy? No. Excuse me? I do like the arms dealer. She has no scruples and uh, gets her comeuppance from the doctor, and it and it's lovely to actually to be able to work with David Rintoul again, who we played husband and wife. It is great to spar off each other 
in that in that situation. And also, Sylvester and I go back to Panto. Izzy and I um, worked together. We were in the original London cast of uh, Dirty Dancing, that splendid show. And indeed, we, we performed together on the on the uh, CD of the show. <laughs> it's my only credited music music CD. <laughs> But we had a very good time on that. And, of course, I worked with her, her husband, Ed, as well. Um, shortly before that, I did a, a musical, Sondheim, uh, down in Chichester. Absolutely terrifying for me. It was a, it was a uh, compilation. Uh, five performers, no speaking, just singing, just dancing, number after number after number. And the other four were very experienced um, musical theatre people. And I had done a bit. But but Sondheim lets you get lets you get away with quite a lot, providing you've got a basic musical sense. You can you can get away with not having an operatic voice and not having a, you know being a wonderful dancer. But I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Once I got over the sheer terror of it. <laughs> but Ed's Ed's a very nice man, a good director. Yeah. When coming to cast Kari, who's sort of yeah, is this 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 king that feels like. Should he be here? And on the page, you really feel that he is completely the tourist, the outsider in this world. He really feels more out of place, I would say, than the Doctor and Mel, certainly. And when uh, wanting to cast it, I just thought it needed to be someone, you know, quite street and modern. And and hearing... um, Homer's work, I just thought, you know, actually Homer's natural voice, sort of an East End hackney lad, really fitted it. And, you know, we didn't try and make it anything other than as sort of close to sort of him as possible and as playful as him. So he really, uh, you know, uh, went with that. And um, I think he's, he sounds so different to everyone else there, adding to this sort of, you know, um, myriad of voices uh, that we've got like a tapestry of different accents going on and he really sticks out but I think that's great because that's sort of how the character was written well certainly when I read it that's how it came off the page My name is Homer Toliwala and the character I play is King Kari King Kari is quite similar to me he's not supposed to be in this world He, you can tell that he's definitely from another place and he just does not fit into this place at all. Everyone else around him speaks in well-spoken English and slightly archaic, and he is just this London, young, street king who is basically fulfilling his fantasy of power within an alternate reality. My name's Vivian Rochester, and I play Sandar. She's a barbarian. So uh, in this world, which is made up of all sorts of different people and things and uh, an extraordinary world, but a joyous, joyous world, which the Doctor and Mel come into. And Sandar has her, well, the barbarians, who you don't want to mess with. But she's also very good, for me anyway, my feeling is, maybe I've over-identified, but she's a very good leader... Uh, a very good person and takes on the responsibility of her people. Yeah, what what's really nice about uh, this story, really, uh, in particular, is I really can usually guess, you know, uh, you know where, where things are going. But with this one, it really, you know, it really surprised me on many different levels. And I think that, that one of the the nice the nicest elements is the relationship that we discover between Garon and Kari. Um, but they're father and son and Garon is unaware that he has a son and Kari was always looking for his father. So there's a real, you know, 
sensitive moment in this and it's really lovely and what was really nice is that because yes it's quite theatrical it's quite big it's quite you know playful as a, as a story we really sort of focused down and became a lot more intimate and both both the actors did as well and it really was very different for both their characters throughout the entire piece and the story i would say as a whole it was you know it's a really nice rounding off of the story of Garon finding his son and going off on a new set of adventures, him and his son. So, you know, it sort of is a nice ending to that story that was started in the TV shows. Because of the COVID situation, a lot of the last uh, things we've recorded, we've been sat at home in our different houses. So it's lovely to be back in the studio, particularly getting a chance to read all these characters with the mighty Sylvester McCoy. So why not come in? They said, come in, do a load of reading with Sylvester. I thought, well, Seventh Doctor, yes, please. So came along and we had a nice time. I've been sat in a cupboard for the last, like, year and a bit, just uh, hearing everyone in the studio, like... Bouncing about and having fun and whatnot, and then yeah, you kind of get used to your little box, and then now it's back. It's like oh, it's just so much nicer. Like it'll be nice to be able to look at someone while I'm delivering a line when I'm speaking to them. Like it's just something about being in the room or having that natural connection with someone that filters through onto the sound as well. So I'm really excited about that. It is lovely, and uh, the last big finish I did was, was, was again, Doctor Who, um, but that was from home. That was from my little study in Fulham, which is a kind of improvised, looks like rather like a Bedouin tent with all kinds of draperies and, uh, and all of that, so I did that down the line. And it was fine, but, yeah, it's so much nicer to actually have, have people there and to be in a, a nice studio like here. Um, it's, it's great, yeah. 